Hey there, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And how's it going, everybody? Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano. It's a CHGO audible day here for our game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. We'll discuss the keys to both success uh, on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share our weekly X factors, our bold predictions, which uh, has a new wrinkle this week, and I can't wait to get to that in just a, a little bit. Uh, a spoiler alert, it's brought to you by Green Ridge Farms and a whole lot more. Nick, before we get going, we have a big tailgate coming up here in just two weeks. It's officially tailgate season, week three, September 23rd. Fifth Bears Texans before the game. We want you to join us for this tailgate at the parking lot, at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt. Tailgate party, $30, $34 for food and entertainment. $85 gets one parking pass and one admission. A really good deal because it's all you can eat, all you can drink. And heck, you go to a bar, you have like four drinks and you're pretty much at that point. So you may as well go get it. Are you looking forward to this tailgate as much as I am? Oh, absolutely. Well, let's borderline stealing. So it's a great deal for all of our <laughs> listeners that want to get in on this tailgate. Uh, will and I will make an appearance. There will be other people from CHGO that will be making an appearance. So we would love to meet everybody. So let's make it happen. And, you know, Bears, Houston, Texas, Lovey Smith coming back to town. We can have a great time before the game. And it's just going to be an awesome time. It's the first C it's first Bears right tailgate so that just makes it that much better but really looking forward to it i cannot wait until that gets here uh, i know we had a really good one for soccer uh, we had a great one yeah. for the Sox earlier this year too so finally to get a bears one i was telling you like i wasn't originally planning going up to the city week three but after this been announced like i have to go i have to at least show up to this tailgate and go to, into the field and cover the game with you because that was a lot of fun i didn't realize how hype i was in our like our three takeaways video and so i rewatched it it's like Oh, wow. I was really feeling that Bears win. Real quickly, before we get going, I just want to give a quick shout out to my mother. Uh, she is celebrating her 54th birthday here today, her Brian Erlacher birthday. My mom's a big reason why I'm here today. Uh, she was the one that kind of instilled my fandom, taking me to Bears training camp since I was a little kid. It's really kind of igniting that spark. Uh, so I just want to make sure we start off the show with a shout out to Will's mom, 54th birthday. And with that, Nick, are you ready to discuss this Bears Packers game that we have a big game that you know the Bears technically stole one last week and we're gonna tell you everyone how they can do it yet again you ready to rock and roll brother brother let's do it well and before we actually get into this Bears Packers talk uh it was my grandpa's birthday yesterday so I want to give him a shout out real <laughs> quickly you have your mom's birthday today my grandpa's birthday yesterday so a bunch of birthdays celebrating and hopefully we could be celebrating after maybe a potential second Bears victory We'll get into that right now. And then, yeah, that dude tank in the comments said it's his dad's 60th birthday today. So that's pretty cool. And crazy enough, Nick, my oldest brother's birthday is tomorrow. So he's younger than me, but he's my oldest of my brothers. But yeah, just September birthdays all the way around. And my grandma's birthday is the 19th. But I digress. Too many to get into over here. Let's jump into some keys to success. And let's begin with this Bears offense. And Nick, I'm going to go over to you first for your first key to victory on offense what is it you know i think the bears just really need to utilize their playmakers well and that includes darnell mooney cole Komet, david montgomery the two all three of those guys last week against the 49ers 58 total yards 
if Montgomery had 50 of those, you can't have that going into this week two matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Although the Bears, they get the victory, right? They got the, the, the 19 and 10 victory over the 49ers, but you know this is an entirely new matchup. And those are three guys that you look going into this season were going to be huge contributors for the Bears. So you need to utilize your playmakers and get the most out of them, especially against an opponent like the Green Bay Packers. All right. Dude, you're just like shoveling me right into my first key because my first key is a lot. Those playmakers need to actually make plays. It's not just giving them the football, but they need to do something with it. Last week, the Bears had a really hard time making plays for the first half. We know that the offense came out of the gate stagnant. There's no flow, no rhythm, just nothing. But when it did matter most, players did end up making plays, whether it's Dante Pettis, Pringle, EQ, Herbert, Fields. They got the job done when it mattered and when it was most needed. Now, when I'm looking at Green Bay for last week, they had a hard time containing players in space. Multiple Vikings were able to do a lot of damage with the ball in their hand. They gave up a whopping 167 yards after a catch. Everybody was involved in this, the running backs, fullback, wide receivers, tight ends, literally everybody. The Vikings had 6.6 yards after the catch per completion on average last week, which, which was tied for the fifth best. Uh, Justin Fields. Oh, sorry. That was 6.6 yards after the catch. Per, I was right. Yards after the catch per completion. I was right there. And then Justin Fields was second in the league actually last year, last week. I don't know if you knew that, but he had 8.4 yards after the catch per completion. Dante Pettis helped uh, a, a lot of that one to kind of bump it up. And there weren't a lot of throws and completions, but. 8.4 is a really remarkable number. Only behind, I think it was Baker Mayfield, who was in the nines. Uh, when I'm looking at just playmakers in general and who needs to get involved, uh, I think you and I can both agree, Darnell Mooney, uh, if we can find a way to get him more acclimated into this offense this week, that would be great. One catch, eight yards really isn't enough. And one of the mistakes I thought Green Bay had in their first matchup of the season uh, was that Jair Alexander, he didn't like shadow Justin Jefferson. He wasn't always lined up against him. And they really paid for that. Jefferson had himself a career game week one against the Packers. So will they do the same thing this week? Will they allow Darnell Mooney to get some of these favorable matchups, get some good looks and get some chances? Or will they learn from their mistakes and try to take out Mooney with Alexander shadowing? We don't know that. But if they don't learn from that mistake, I really hope the Bears make them pay for it. Is there like a playmaker in your eyes this week, Nick, that you're hoping gets like either more involved or they lean on or you just see those favorable matchups like out there for the Bears to kind of seize those opportunities? Well, definitely would be a Darnell Mooney. This is someone that I highlighted earlier in the week as someone that needs to kind of step up. And it's not just because he only had the, the one reception for eight yards against the 49ers. It's how he's kind of historically done against the Green Bay Packers. It's a guy that I think, you know, obviously is the number one wide receiver for the Bears, but in the last two games, he had six receptions total and, and one touchdown and under, I think, believe 60 yards. So it's a guy that hasn't really produced in four games. He only played four games against the Packers, right? But that would be somebody that you're thinking needs to be involved. And I was listening to the Packers defensive coordinator this morning in his press conference, that I think it was yesterday. And he said the big thing with the breakdowns, it wasn't miscommunication. They just weren't ready for game speed. And I thought that was kind of interesting, Will. It's like they weren't ready for game speed for week one. I know it's different from practice and stuff. But the Bears, obviously playing on a very crappy turf at Soldier Field, were ready. And I go back to how all those practices were. High intensity. They were ready for, even though it's week one game action, they were ready for it. Apparently the Packers weren't. That's what I love to hear because we've heard about it all. Like they're going to be a very hardworking team and it's gonna they're going to work hard on practice. They're going to practice hard and it's going to translate to the field. And we saw that 
right away, week one, come to fruition. So I think that's a real excellent point. Uh, I know that uh, Josh mentioned on the screen, you know, this is the first live show that he's had uh, since he had a baby. Congratulations on, on your baby, Josh, uh, as a father of a 10-month-old. It's just a tremendous experience, and I can't wait for you to uh, kind of have that. But he mentioned, has have we talked about how maybe the Bears' offensive scheme was held back because of all that rain. And absolutely, we haven't brought it up yet, but that is something in my notes uh, that I did want to hit on about this Bears' offense is how much is like still hidden because of how they had to change and adjust that game plan to the weather uh, that they had. They couldn't run their real full offense. The weather really determined what they could and could not do. So you're right. That's an excellent point. I'm glad you brought that up. I see a super chat from Lily. We'll get the super chats at the end of the show. Uh, so definitely keep them rolling. I would love to answer as many fan questions as we can to kind of wrap up this episode later on. But Nick, we discussed, you know, each of our first keys on offense back over to you. What's key number two this week? Yeah. My last key too is just explosive plays in general. Will. when I look back at the last game in Lambeau field, which is a Sunday nighter bears were up 27 to 21 at halftime. Yeah, the 54-yard touchdown to Demir Bird, Jakeem Grant going for a 46-yarder and having that punt return. David Montgomery had a 20-yard run. So did Justin Fields. Against the 49ers, they had two 12-yard runs. And again, we were kind of talking about, like, maybe did the field, the conditions play a factor in that. But we all know getting explosive plays changes games. I talked to Darnell Mooney in the locker room about a week and a half ago, and he said that himself, like, it could just take one play to turn to turn everything. They need to get those against the Green Bay Packers. I know they look bad in week one against the Minnesota Vikings, but you still need to try and capitalize at any given moment you're out there on offense and getting those explosive plays, you know, just mitigates the opportunities for you to make mistakes, even though the Bears didn't have many of them in, against the 49ers. Very disciplined team, but explosive plays, like in every game, is going to be huge, but especially against Green Bay Packers and Lambeau Field. Ooh, ooh, choose me. I know how they can do this. I figured it out, Nick. It's my second key, and that is play action. We saw the Bears do that very well uh, in the second half. It's all evident by that play fake that allowed EQ to be wide open for that go-ahead touchdown in the red zone last week. Nick, I don't know how you uh, – I know you watched the game, but did you notice how much Green Bay struggled against play action, that defense? Oh. They were getting sucked up opening all those windows in the back end of this defense, and Kirk Cousins was able to just pick them apart off of these play fakes. He finished 10 of 13 with two touchdowns off of play action. He averaged, according to NFL Next Gen, 14.6 yards per attempt on play action versus 6.3 yards per attempt on all other throws. Just to put some context about how much more he was able to kind of push that ball downfield off of play action, getting those, which you are looking for, explosive plays uh one incompletion that he had because i like i mentioned 10 of 13 one was a batted ball to line of scrimmage and the two others were just throwaways because no one is open and he just tossed that ball out of bounds he had his way against this packers defense off of those play fakes so if the bears can stick to the run again and luke getsy can call some timely play action plays set up this offense for some easy completions and the playmakers adhere to my first key and make plays after the catch and they adhere to your first key which is actually getting them involved the Bears' offense should be able to move the ball against this Packers' defense. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. The only factor in all this, Will, there's going to be some. Uh, there's going to be some maybe thunderstorms going on in Green Bay. I wonder if it's going to factor in again. Like wherever the Bears play, there's a storm coming, and it looks like that's going to be the the case on Sunday night. But it's. I don't think it's going to be that uh, monsoon that was happening at Soldier Field because that was pretty crazy. 
Now, I am actually going to welcome a, a little bit of rain. I don't want another monsoon. Like, it would be fun maybe to watch yet again. However, I would like it to not be to that degree. But I, I don't know if you learned this, like, all the way back in high school. And I was thinking about this earlier this week, and uh, I just want to mention it real quickly. Like, in my literature classes, you learn that rain symbolizes transformation and change. And boy, did we get that rain on Sunday. And obviously, we're starting a new chapter here in Chicago. So we're kind of like washing off the bad and beginning anew with the good. And we all know that, you know, what the Packers have been to the Bears for the last decade plus, you know, more than a thorn in their side. They've been really just taking control, as we know, of this rivalry. So if it does rain, which symbolizes yet more change and transformation in this rivalry, I would not be opposed to letting that you know, that symbolism continue for the bears throughout this season. So it's one of those where, yes, the rain may suck to change the playing conditions yet again, but also the bears are well-versed in it. They have experience. And like I said, let's change some symbolism in the tide of which this bears franchise has been going. So just a little extra something I've been thinking about this week that, you know, has something to do with football yet doesn't at the same time. You know, well, too, like Matt Eberflus is kind of taking that approach when he was asked yesterday about the bears Packers rivalry. It's like, we're going to make this about us. We're not going to kind of look back at the significance of it. And everyone knows it means a lot to, you know, uh, the, the fans, of course. Justin Fields talked about the significance. But for Matt Eberflus, it is, it's not just another game, but it kind of is. And he's always had that approach. And until you can prove you can beat the Packers, like, don't play it up. Just, it, just approach it like you did the 49ers. And let's see how that happens. And that's what exactly what he's doing, kind of turning the chapter if you will. And we'll see if that uh, results in, uh, you know, different results. One quick question. That's not really on our script, but how do you feel about this approach from coach Ibraflus about it's us versus this faceless, nameless other team. It's us versus a red Jersey or us now this week versus a green Jersey and kind of, you know, not trying to take too much stock about who's on the other side because they're focusing on them and that they're better and they're going to take care of their business. Do you like that? I kind of do, Will. It's like we make so much about Aaron Rodgers, and I asked, you know, Bears defenders in the locker room yesterday, how do you defend a guy like that? But Matt Eberflus, it is just about his team. This is a new, new, obviously new culture he's implementing, and he wants their players to not really think about the outside stuff. Just internally, what are you doing to make yourself better for next week? Don't worry about, you know, who the quarterback will be. If you're doing your assignment and, you know, adhering to the game plan and trusting your coaches and your teammates, then everything will play out the way it should be. Obviously they know who they're playing. They know how good that quarterback is, but it is a breath of fresh air because I know Lovey Smith was very um, high and mighty about, Hey, we got to be green Bay. And I think that was right, but this is a different approach. This is a different coach, different just philosophy. So I'm, I'm fine with it. What about you? I, I'm torn because one part of me, I mean, I like it because it allows them to not, I guess, freak out and not overplay think about, yeah, over th and think about what they can control. And I, I think that's very important because if you can focus on what's in your own hands and what you actually have control over, I think that's most important. But at the same time with a rivalry like this, I think it's also important to understand it and its context and what it means to this franchise, what it means to the city. And I know that they've been talking about like this, they, this mean, this game does mean a lot to everyone in this locker room, the front office, and I think they understand that too. So that's why I think I'm good with it because it's a little bit of like both at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a third key on uh, offense this week or are you just rolling with the twos? I don't know why I'm going with twos because I know you're going to have three, so I just you know leave it's the fine. floor open to you. 
I appreciate that. It goes all the way back to like Bears Brothers days when I used to do like the Friday podcast, the three keys of the game. I don't know, three keys mm-hmm. is something that always just sticks to my mind. My last one for this Bears offense, uh, it's just attack the middle of the field. Cousins uh, was 11 of 15, 191 yards, two touchdowns when he targeted in breaking routes. Instead of trying to yes. force too many things to the sidelines or to the outside shoulders of his playmakers, the Vikings are able to just carve up this Packers defense and routes breaking towards the inside of the field. Those are easier throws for the quarterback to make. It's a mix of anticipation and the ability to put the ball right on him. And of course, it's up to the receiver to make the play, gain that inside leverage on whoever's defending them, and just get some separation to make this happen. Slants anyone like i'm down for some of those uh starting inside linebacker barnes i know he got hurt last week he's not going to play so that middle of that defense got a little bit weaker for this packers defense uh so that's just one extra key for you too and i guess if i want to say a third a fourth real quick bonus and we'll move on just real quick one line is start start fast like get some points force this packers team to play from behind last week they really struggled once that vikings team was able to just build a little bit of a lead like you saw that offense, which we'll talk about for Green Bay, kind of go into panic mode, and there just wasn't a lot of good happening for them. So if this Bears offense can start fast and put this Packers offense behind the eight ball, I think that's an excellent, just extra way for this Bears to find a way to come out with a win this week. You got some really, really quick, Will. Hey, maybe the Bears should look at attacking Adrian Amos. My goodness, Will, when you watch that game, like, he just looked out of place. It, it was really uncharacteristic for a guy that's been pretty sound since he was in Chicago and Green Bay. But when I looked at and look, I don't like using PFF grades a lot, but a 28.2 coverage grade, it seemed about right for the former Chicago Bear and obviously current Green Bay Packer. But Adrian Amos, test him, see if he's learned from his mistakes from week one. I like that way to uh, put it under the microscope. And heck, there's another Bears, uh, former Bears player that I'll talk about in a bit that I think the Bears can uh, maybe take advantage of in a way, uh, kind of. We'll get there when we can. Uh, wow, we're actually running a little longer than I thought we would by this point. I think we need to do a break and then we need to do our defensive keys because jumping into those right now, I think we may run a, a little long here. So, uh, this leads into actually a, a new segment, but it's the same segment, but it's kind of getting changed up in our order here. But we're going to do some Bears bold predictions, and this is brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. And Nick, I want to go over to you. What's your bold prediction this week? I know we have a lot more to discuss, but do you have a bold prediction this week that is just going to knock my socks off? Yeah, so I think this Bears defensive line will is going to feast on the Packers in this offense. I don't even know who's starting for the tackles at this point. If you see David Bottieri, a video that was uh, just uh, released that yesterday and him walking, it's a significant limp. I don't know if he's going to go, but I think the Bears get five sacks in this game. They, they, The Vikings were able to get to him four times, and if the weather is not good, we <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little hot in here, Will, I know. But a little bit. I think I think this Bears you know, defensive line, what they have for the game plan. I was talking to Justin Jones, Alquani Muhammad. They're, they're starting to put that together, but... Man, bold prediction, five sacks for this Bears defensive line. Get get to Rodgers and make him uncomfortable. Love it. Mine's on the defense, too, this week. It's going to be a three-turnover day for this unit, and they're going to score 14 points off of those turnovers in this game. We had two turnovers last week on defense. Green Bay gave it up twice. Aaron Rodgers with an interception and a fumble. So three it is. We'll just kind of keep this thing trickling forward. And a bonus bold prediction for you. And this goes to Patrick O'Donnell. We're going to block a punt on him. We're going to do it. That punt blocking unit for Green Bay looks suspect at best. The Vikings were back there, and they almost got their hands on a few of those. So why not? And we know 
damn well that O'Donnell can, can be someone that you can block a punt on. We've seen those happen against us. So it's just time for us to do it uh, to him as a Packer and kind of give him reason to regret going to Green Bay. Not that he needs many because I'm sure he already has them. Kidding. Well, maybe. <laughs> All right, Nick. Uh, before we move on, though, I know this uh, bold prediction, like I said, is brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. And you guys in the studio had some tasty treats earlier this week up there that uh, I, I want to hear more about because my stomach was rumbling when you're just kind of bringing it up to me before the show. Oh my God. Well, like on Tuesday, that was, that was something special. Let me tell you. And Greener's Farm, if you don't know what it is, it's a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all natural option. And we got a chance in the studio on Tuesday to try some of the meat sticks that were there. And they come in flavors like chicken, black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar. The jalapeno cheddar, I will. I know you would absolutely love it because oh. I did. And anything spicy, you know, we both like that. But trying that, I also tried the jalapeno cheddar pork sausage. Oh my god! Like you just, if you haven't had Green Ridge Farms, you have to go just try out those two flavors. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free. And all you have to do. Use the code CHGO at checkout. Go there. They're at your local grocery store. Just check it out because, man, I, I wanted to just eat everything that was there, but there are other people in the office, well, so I had to be nice and let everybody try some. But I think I want to redo that and just go eat all the products that they had there because delicious. Oh, that sounds more than incredible. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Real quickly, I want to let our listeners know about Five Iron Golf. Five Iron Golf is the le- nation's leading indoor golf and entertainment experience now has three locations in chicago you have river north the loop and lincoln park five iron features the good vibes of golf neon lights and street art centered around track man simulators world-class instruction which i, I think i need custom club fitting and a full bar and restaurant making a one-of-a-kind experience for golfers and non-golfers alike play around take a lesson join the league or spice up your next date night go to fiveirongolf.com that's five iron golf dot com to check it out fall leagues they kicked off on 9 12 i did check their website and they're still accepting some registration for this league and our listeners can get 30 percent off the registration fees with our promo code chgo 30 and that's at five irongolf.com slash leagues and you can join as a team or as a free agent and it falls a little too soon for you to round up your squad winter season is just around the corner and five iron is offering 30 percent off that season as well so the chgo family isn't left out in the cold the five iron leagues are built for players of every level Competitive and casual lovers of the game can enjoy eight weeks of fresh formats, drink specials, chances, and winning weekly prizes. And, of course, the national championship prize trip to Caso de Campo. Man, I would love to win a trip out there, especially once you get into the colder months. That sounds like a great experience, great time. So definitely check out Five Iron Golf, join a league, and have some fun this fall and this winter. All right, this is the CHGO Bears podcast. Whittlewit, Nicholas Moriano giving you this Bears-Packers Week 2 preview show, making you the most informed Bears fan on game day. We've already broke down a handful of keys to success on offense. Now it's time to take a look at this Bears defense and figure out what they need to do in order to succeed here on Sunday night and have the upper hand and advantage over this Packers offense. So, Nick, over to you first. What is your initial key to success for this Bears D? Yeah, I think the Bears defense really needs to try their best to contain the dangerous duo of running backs with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, Look, Aaron Jones, uh, five attempts, 49 yards, 29 was his long. A.J. Dillon had 10 attempts. But it's also in the passing game you got to worry about these guys. And they had collectively 11 targets. And when you watch that game, 
they're really going to try and stress these Bears linebackers, especially in the flats, because there was a sequence of plays on the, the uh, Packers' third p offensive possession where it was multiple throws in the flats to both running backs. So Roquan Smith said in his press conference on Monday that they really didn't get to test the unit's speed, the defense, because of the conditions they were playing in. Well, we're going to need to see that speed out on Sunday night, even if the, the field conditions aren't the best, because these running backs can stretch you horizontally in the passing game, are obviously effective runners up the middle, but you got to do your best. It's going to be a really good matchup between the Packers running backs, the Bears linebackers, and see who can win that one, because I think that's going to be a big part of this game. That's a really good point, and I actually have some things I'm going to add to that in just a moment. Uh, my first key for defense is taking advantage of these backup offensive linemen. Uh, David Bakitari, Bakitari has not play, uh, played yet. He's still limited. He was limited last week. Nick, you tweeted a video of his limp at practice, and uh, my analysis of that is not good. Uh, yeah, Mason also checked in. If you're obviously a fan of these shows, you know Mason West, but he said that isn't the walk of a man who is ready to play football or at least not play at an effective or efficient level. I agree with Mason there. He knows he knows a thing or two. Uh, like a million things. He's uh, yeah. an encyclopedia of injuries and sports injuries and uh, love the guy. Really do. Uh, right tackle, Alexander Jenkins. He's limited. He didn't play in week one either. They don't know if he's going to be available. So that's two backup tackles potentially for this Bears defense. Left guard, John Runyon. He had a concussion week one. He did not practice mm -hmm. yesterday at Wednesday. Right guard, Jake Hansen had a very, very, very bad outing on Sunday. Allowed a tremendous amount of pressure. Zach Tom, who came in for Runyon after that concussion, he didn't look too good. So, yeah, uh, the Bears defense has some opportunities. That Packers quarterback, you know his name. I don't want to say it right now. He was sacked four times and pressured on 11 of his dropbacks, according to PFF, last week. And we'll see exactly how it all comes together. But, again, if they're without three that are starting offensive linemen, the Bears must take advantage. That's a priority if I've ever seen one ever. This is Robert Quinn because he, he primarily and only really goes against left tackles. Dom Robb was popping last week. If that can continue, that would be nice. Armand Watts had a really good first game as a bear. He can have some damage done against that backup left guard if it's that time yet again. And defensive ends. Uh, they just needed to play well if they're going up against these backup tackles. And this is what I wanted to hit on to kind of piggyback off of you is that they just need to be better at keeping their contain, not allowing this offense to set the edge and just get after Rodgers as well as those plays on the outside. Last week, Gibson, Muhammad looked a little slow getting out there, uh, a little bit more than Dom Rob. And I, again, I'm giving them some grace and some patience this week mm -hmm. because of the weather and the field conditions. I'm going to reserve judgment for now, but I expect more out of Travis Gibson. Alquadine Muhammad, I expect more out of him too. Uh, and uh, I know we haven't even mentioned like linebackers yet, but Nicholas Morrow, someone the same exact degree, just wasn't flowing through the ball as quickly as they should and that need to in this defense in order to succeed. So I just need to fly, see these guys fly the ball a little quicker. Uh, most importantly on those plays that go to the outside that you mentioned, because those flats are going to be very important, which also goes to the slot corner and these corners in general, because we've mentioned it in this scheme. That's just a big part of this defense. And, what, they were in base only 15 snaps last week, so you're not going to have Matthew Adams out there too much. So Kyler Gordon, we're also looking at you here. And I thought Gordon had, you know, mostly a decent game in terms of like trying to get funnel those plays back inside, hit or miss, but also like the field condi conditions. And I just want to make sure like those are understood. And we, we do keep those in mind as we talk about some of these players, because that's a real thing, because <laughs> that field was like a swimming pool half the time. What's your second key, man? Yeah, really quickly, too, for the running backs, like Jaquan Brisker needs to be a huge part of that, too. Like Harrison Smith 
played a vital part on just not allowing those running backs to make some bigger plays than they should have. I envision the same thing for Jaquan Brisker, who showed a lot of good things in his week one debut. So he needs to be a part of that as well. But as we're continuing to look for defensive keys, rushing four. Rushing four is going to be huge for this one, Will. Matt Eberflus talked about it in terms of when you're playing a guy that's experienced like an Aaron Rodgers, that's what you want to do. Have a bunch of guys in zone and rush four. And according to Arif Hassan from The Athletic Covers the Vikings, we actually had him on one of our old Chicago Audible episodes. Smartest dude that you're going to find in terms of breaking down stuff. And he had uh, some stats in the article where the Vikings only blitzed 9.5% on Rodgers' dropbacks. Fourth lowest in week one. And we know the Bears didn't even bring any blitzes. But they showed blitz on a majority of the passing down. So if you go back and watch, you see their linebackers mugged up and they're about, they look like Kendricks is going to come in and blitz, but he drops off at the last second, only bringing four. And that really messed with the Packers offensive line. I would like to see the bears do very similar things where they look like they're going to blitz with Roquan's maybe going to come up the middle drops back, or that's more, whoever it may be. But if you can have more in coverage, with this spotty, very spotty Packers wide receiver like combos that they got here, I again I'm favoring the Bears in that matchup, but rushing four and being effective with it would be huge in this game. When are we gonna coach a football team, man? Because our keys are just so complimentary all episode long. My next key is keeping the top on this defense, uh Rodgers and those receivers. I don't know. If you saw it, but they're not on the same page. They're not on the best of terms. You can tell he doesn't trust those rookies yet. And we all know how much trust is to Aaron Rodgers. The vets, Cobbs and Watkins, didn't really do too much either. Packers failed to make any or many explosive plays. And this is due to the Vikings playing a shell defense, keeping everything in front of them, forced the Packers to throw it short for the vast majority of those throws. If you literally go to his like next-gen, like, chart of all the throws and how they charted them out you can like make like a whole u like an upside down u and all the passes are inside of there but it's like it's like two like 20 yards and less just keeping them all inside there and if the bears can do the same you know that roquan smith jaquan brisker and some others are going to clean up everything in front of them rogers had 10 of his 34 attempts uh at or behind the line of scrimmage 19 of his 34 attempts were within five yards of the line of scrimmage like it's going to be dink and dunk and you need to go make your tackles. And that's it. It's real simple. Rogers only attempted two passes that traveled over 20 yards downfield. One was an interception right before the half. And the second was that bomb that he threw Christian Watson that, well, he dropped and he's probably in the doghouse for the rest of the season. A third of Rogers passes went to running backs. So this is a key to show you like how much these linebackers are going to be involved in this passing game. You want the linebackers in coverage. If you want like Jaquan Brisker, he's going to have to come into the box because you don't want to give them that much real estate to gain some easy separation. So if the bears can force Rogers to throw it short and they fly the football, like they're supposed to like their coach to do like they're preaching in this building and also not allow them to make some plays after the catch. That's exactly what the bears need. And in my notes, I literally put you can do this with a good pass rush for uh, with only four, and you keep seven back in coverage. So that goes all the way over to your second key. There's too many times where Rodgers has killed us, the Bears, with the big play, and you just can't allow it to happen no more. So, again, I, I think if you even go back to my first key, with the pass protection being suspect, you have a great opportunity to get pressure with that front four and run this shell defense. And uh, if they do... And it goes back to you. You have everyone back in coverage and you make them beat you and keep everything in front. I just love how 
symbiotic our second keys were. Yeah, and well, just to, I, I do have a third key, and it kind of ties it all up together with like the coverage, and they just need to clean up some things. Like there were some times in that 49ers game where, hey, look, there were some explosive plays that were allowed. You think of Kyler Gordon giving up the deep reception down the left sideline. Trey Lance missed a, a wide open touchdown to his tight end down the left sideline as well. Like that's that's a throw that Rodgers makes, and that's he's going to capitalize on that. Um, mistake by the Bears and Vildor on a crossing route. Something happened there with miscommunication. And like you you mentioned, like after the Vikings went down and scored on their opening possession, the Packers came back and were firing downfield. And that's a that's a touchdown for Christian Watson. So they're going to try it. They, not, now, whether or not the wide receivers actually catch is another <laughs> question. But that's the thing. You need to clean up these coverage mistakes because a guy like Aaron Rodgers, as experienced as he is, has seen every defense that you're going to throw at him. And if you give him a window to throw into, even if it's a slight one, he's someone that can capitalize on it. So just clean up some of those mistakes. I'm sure that's this coaching staff went through it. There are probably some loafs given out as well. But now you know week two, can I reduce the mistakes I made, become a better football player, which ultimately makes a better defense. That's going to be key for this week two matchup. But just clean up the little things. Yeah, and there are just little things. The one big play that this Bears defense gave up early on uh, to Ayuk, uh, where he beat mm-hmm. Kendall Vildor in coverage right in front of us in the box. I don't know if you went back and watched the play, but it actually wasn't completely Vildor's fault because what happened was Jaquan Brisker bit on a shorter route mm-hmm. and ran into Vildor and allowed Ayuk to yeah. just kind of run free. So small little things like that, spacing awareness and just not biting and faking and getting in your way of the defender who's chasing after another receiver will really help things. It's the small things. And, you know, he's a rookie brisker is, and uh, we've been very high on him. It's just a small nitpick, uh, if you will, on this too. But I'm proud of you, man. Three keys on defense, like way to go. Uh, overachieving over there, Moriano. Uh, I have my final key on this side of the ball. And it's just continued red zone prowess. Uh, the Bears defense did exactly what it needed to do in, inside the red zone last week. And if Justin Jones, Nick, if he didn't jump all sides in that third and short, the Bears may have forced the 49ers into a field goal inside the red zone instead of giving up that touchdown to Debo Samuel a couple plays later. Uh, that extended that penalty extended the drive and really what led to that touchdown. And if that would have happened, they would have been perfect really inside of the 20 in terms of keeping that 49ers offense outside of the end zone. Uh, they forced a turnover on the very first red zone snap of the season, which I thought is a tremendous start. Uh, and we just mentioned how close they were to another touchdown that could have been avoided. And they also held them out of the end zone that final trip to start the second half for Oakland Smith, Dom Roth getting into that sack. Looking at the Green Bay Packers offense in the red zone last week, they struggled. They only went one of three inside the 20. They got stuffed on the fourth and goal on the ground with a run of A.J. Mm-hmm. Dillon. They did score in that second possession, but on their final red zone trip, they turned it over on downs after two straight incompletions from Rodgers that failed to move the chains with one yard to go. They had a third and one, fourth and one, and they went through the air twice, and they couldn't pick it up. When I watched all of their snaps inside of the red zone, something that stood out to me, and I think I could have told you this before even watching the film, but Rodgers doesn't have a go-to guy in the red zone anymore. Uh, it's very much they were heavily focused on the running game down this area of the field. And I think this is really when we start looking at the loss of Devontae Adams as a mini key here yet again, because he was that guy over the last few years. When you look at his 2021 numbers, he had the third most Adams did with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Red zone targets in the league last year and the second most touchdowns inside the 20 in the entire NFL with 10 touchdowns. And as of right now, week two, 
the Packers do not have a replacement and they're struggling to find that person that Rodgers can lean on. And that is good news for the Bears. So if this Bears defense can still be stout inside of the 20, uh, which I think Allen Williams' play calling was really good down there in that area of the field, and they're advantageous. And I know Eberflus mentioned after the game that once you get inside the 20, like don't give up, keep your head up, and keep going after that football because this is where offenses tend to make mistakes, hold that ball a little bit looser. If they keep that same approach and they can force the Packers into field goal situations instead of touchdowns, it's a great way for the Bears to keep this game close and give them the best chance to win. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Will. And like like you said, Devontae Adams not, not having him. I asked Kendall Vildor, like, obviously you got to be wary of everybody else. And yeah, like everyone made it to the NFL for a reason, but he also said, yeah, but not having Devontae Adams, that's a huge thing. So it's obviously a huge loss for the Green Bay Packers, and they're still looking for somebody to fill that position, really. I see Mason West has entered the chat. Mason, my Mason. man, hello. Nice to see you. We will bring you on a preview show here soon, I promise because I want to make that happen. I think that'd be a great throwback for all of us here. All right, so that is it for all of our keys to victory slash success on both sides of the ball. I hope you enjoyed those. I think, I, I mean, I learned a lot from Nick. I'm sure he learned a few things from me. Uh, he's shaking his head, yes. Awesome, good. Uh, so hopefully you feel the same um, from listening to us kind of break those down for you. Up next, we're going to get into some X factors, make some predictions, tell you who has the edge and some key categories in this game. Uh, but first, Nick, I know you have a message for our listeners that I'm just dying to hear. Yeah, Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite sports team, so get fitted out in your best sports gear around. FOCO got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And you can get decked out like Damar from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for that perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. And let me tell you, it's starting to get colder. I wore a hoodie to start my morning today to take out Brady for a little walk. So it's happening. So you can check out foco.com or click the link below in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Love it. Oh, you want to know something really embarrassing? I bought a new Bears hoodie for the season and I was like, out for delivery. Awesome. Delivered. Yay. Where's my hoodie at? I look at the order. I sent it to an old listener of our show because I sent a jersey to him a couple years ago who won it, and somehow it made it my default address. So I reached on Twitter. It's going to come over my way, but I thought that was so funny. Like, where is this damn hoodie? Oh, it's in Illinois. It's like 100 miles from me. So that's great. No, it's also funny. I because I recently just moved. I ordered the new shirts that we have here at CHGO, the J, uh, you know, JF one shirt, QB one, and also the slide they're at my old address back, uh, where my parents are at. So I'll have to go get those eventually, but I made the same mistake as you will. It, it happens. <laughs> yeah. I got the slide. I got QB one. I got the eight bit Jersey, uh, shirt of, uh, yeah, that's like, I am ready. Fire. This, that's what you got. That's you right. Got I, so my fire. closet's going to start heating up. I, and I made room for them. I got bring on the shirts. There's more to come. It, it's going to be great. Uh, definitely, by the way, check out that QB slide shirt on the CHGO locker. Uh, we just mentioned it. It's an awesome shirt. There it is. Go check it out. Go pick one up. It's a, a great way to commemorate. Look at that thumbs up and smile by Nick. Commemorate a moment in time, like Bears history, that we're never going to forget. Like, Nick, people always talk about the Fog Bowl. And that was before we were born. 
this is a game that people 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago are going to remember and talk about. And we were there and we have a shirt that was going to always make us remember it too. And uh, definitely pick one up to uh, yourself. It's a, a great way to support our show here at CHGO and just what we are all about. And of course uh, you have a great shirt that's super comfy and this looks awesome. All right. Time to give out some X factors of the week here heading into this matchup, Nick, who or what is your X factor? It's it's going it's going to be halftime adjustments. This is the X factor when it always comes to Bears Packers. And you look at just last week, 19 unanswered points against the San Francisco 49ers. Luke Getzey came into the locker room smiling. And Justin Fields was saying that he's like, they just gave us confidence that they had not played their best ball, but they were confident that they were going to get things right. And you look at the last time the Bears went to Lambeau Field on Sunday night. After scoring 27 points, the Bears scored 27 points in the first half. I, I don't know if people remember that. The Bears scored three. The Bears scored three in the fourth quarter, lost that game 45-30. to 30. If the Bears can make it close in the first half, they're, they're neck and neck with the Packers, and they're able to do what they – replicate what they did against the 49ers in terms of finding their offense – you have a completely different ball game. You have you have two competitive halves of football, and that's not what the Bears have been about as of recently in terms of the last regime. So halftime adjustments is going to be the X factor. Love it. It came like to become a huge point of why the Bears were able to win uh, on Sunday. And like you said, this is one each and every week, but I don't know what a halftime adjustment is. Like I've been a Bears fan, Nick. Like my whole life, like I don't know what these mean. Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. You're telling me that you come into a game with a plan, and mm -hmm. if the other team changes what they're doing based off what you thought they would do, they go and they discuss and they change their plan to counteract what the defense did. Is that what those mean? Essentially, yes, but it's it's a whole new concept for Bears fans. But maybe that's going to change. Maybe we'll all be experts uh, on it by the end of the year. Wouldn't that be something? A, a really good uh, X factor there, Nick. Uh, my X factor this week, it's interesting that neither of us went player this week, by the way, uh, is turnovers and takeaways, a.k.a. in layman's terms, the turnover differential. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he had turned two turnovers last week. I mentioned that with the interception and fumble. Uh, the Bears want to play the smart football. We've heard it. Uh, taking care of the football will be big. Uh, the defense showed that they can be opportunistic and get a couple of takeaways in their own. And uh, I think this is only the beginning. Getting two takeaways in your first game after a whole entire year practically of preaching them and how it's going to be a focus, I think built a lot of confidence. And there's a few more that almost happened. Like you watched it, like the bears are punching at this football Dom Rob, by like getting in there. Like there's a few more potential opportunities that the bears could have had. And you just keep hammering away in that thing. Like those chances will come. And I think this defense will seize those opportunities. So if the bears can just win the turnover department and get some points off the turnovers, I already gave you my bold prediction. I think they can score two touchdowns off of turnovers and this game on those extra possessions. That's an easy way for the bears to come out on top. But if the reverse is true and the bears are the ones with the turnovers and this, the Packers who get the short fields and capitalize despite their struggles on offense, it's going to make it nearly impossible for the bears to win. And an extra wrinkle uh, on this X Factor 2 is the fact that this game is on the road. It's prime time in Lambeau. We've been here. We, we know what kind of environment that can be. It's hostile for this Bears team. So if they can come out and just get a few of these big plays and score off of them, 
you will suck the life out of all those Packer fans in the stadium. Make it a ghost town. Make it eerie and quiet. Heck, maybe we'll get some Let's Go Bears chants going on in that stadium too if that happens. And that would be a big reason why the Bears can just be like, hey, like we're here. We can do this. Let's go. But again, if you look at the inverse and it's the other way around, then that environment that's already hostile, it's just going to be off the rails. And it's going to make this, this environment almost impossible to win in. So for me, turnovers and takeaways. The Bears need to win this turnover differential if they want to come away victorious here for the second straight game to start off this season. Anything on my X Factor before we move on, Nick? No, I think it's obviously... All games are won and lost on that statistic there, Will. Like, you look, the team that's on the, the positive end of that usually also gets a W. And if the Bears could do that in hostile territory, man, that would be – it would increase their chances so much against against a team like that. 100%. I, I see we have over 250 people watching live. Uh, I don't think we have nearly that many likes going on in this video yet, so I don't know what you're waiting for. Smash the like button for us. Would love to see that number trickle all the way up before we end this show. And of course, at the end of the episode, we will answer some fan questions. So if you have some questions that you want Nick and I to address at the end of the show, throw them in the chat. Our awesome producer Sarah's in the background, starring them up right now. And we will queue those up towards the end of the show. And uh, I just love interacting with you. So definitely I'll give us some good questions to debate. All right, Nick, let's find out who has the edge. And what do you know? Uh, I'm up first here. Why don't we have a 49er and a cowboy? That that, <laughs> that, that confuses me. But anywho, uh, I got the Bears passing attack versus this Packers pass defense. And uh, I'm going to go Green Bay. I'm, I'm going to give the Packers the edge here. Uh, and this one, you know, I struggle to always, you know, give Green Bay the edge in anything because of like where my heart lies. But I'm going to think with my mind here. Uh, the Packers did struggle to defend the pass last week. We saw that. We've discussed it. And I still just want to kind of contain my excitement here uh, in this matchup. The Vikings do have a better group of playmakers. And really, it was Justin Jefferson who stole the show. And a lot of what I saw was Jefferson making plays. There were a few mistakes that Green Bay secondary made, but it wasn't every time. It was Justin Jefferson mm -hmm. just being a very special player. Uh, it's a reminder that the Bears, you know, we don't we didn't have a single reception in the first half last week from a receiver tight end. We didn't even have a tight end with a catch uh, at all in the very first game of the season. Again, some of this could be related to the weather. I, I totally get it. So I'm just going to keep my expectations modest here. I hope the Bears can scheme guys open, hit those in-breaking routes and do damage off of play action. Some of the keys that I mentioned. And if they don't allow, you know, if they don't shadow Darnell Mooney and they with Alexander and he gets some of those better favorable matchups. We need our number one receiver to make some plays and be a bigger part of this offensive game plan. There's definitely ways I think this Bears team will and could have the edge here. I, I just mm -hmm. want to temper my personal expectations just right now. Nick, Bears rushing attack versus that Packers run defense. I'm going with the Packers here too, Will. I think, you know, you look at the rookies that they have, the two Georgia Bulldogs, Quay Walker and Jerron Reed, they had some pretty, they, they had a pretty solid performance. Like Quay Walker's everywhere. They had some sideline to sideline speed. They're throwing Devondre Campbell and Kenny Clark. We all know he's, he's a beast inside, but I think that when it's all said and done, the Packers will do a good job of containing the Bears and their rushing attack. So I'm going to give the edge to the Packers in this one. Okay, let's switch it over to this Bears defense. Let's see what they're up against. So I have the Bears run defense versus that Packers rushing attack. This one I struggle with, honestly, all morning. I, I kind of went back and forth, back and forth, and uh, I, I did end up giving the Packers like a very slight edge here. 
Uh, the running backs only had 15 carries for Green Bay last week, but they did gain 96 yards off of them. That's 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, I did believe that the Bears' run defense wasn't quite up to snuff last week, just overall. I thought they did a decent job considering the fact that they had to worry about Trey Lance's ability to run. You had to worry about Debo Samuel, whether it be on Jets or in the backfield. Just Those are two playmakers that not every team has they don't have a, a quarterback that can run like Trey and they don't have a guy like Debo they have to account for in so many different ways that, that is a challenge and I want to make sure that people understand that I see that challenge I understand that that can stress this Bears defense and you know they had two decent running backs to kind of you know corral as well but it should be easier this week in terms of what the Bears need to prepare for you have two running backs who are good they have different skill sets that they bring to the table we know that but we see them twice a year we have a good idea of what each of them uh who they really are. We've also mentioned that Green Bay's offensive line's a little beat up, so that also helps. But it all comes down to me being cautious, really, just yet again. And I think that, you know, the edges, as I mentioned, need to contain a little bit better. I also mentioned Nicholas Morrow needs to, like, float to the ball uh, a lot better than I saw last week. Again, that rain could play a factor. And Morrow did not play since 2020, so he had some rust. I get it. Like, I understand. But... All of this, I'm just trusting patience. Like, I'm not worried. I don't think they're bad. I just think they still have a little bit room to grow here to kind of get the edge over this one. So as of right now, Packers with a slight edge, but I do have faith that this Bears front defense can be pretty formidable this week if some of those, like, issues get cleaned up. No, I like that well. And, you know, that leaves me with the Packers passing attack versus the Bears pass defense. And, of course, I'm taking the Bears in this one. I'm taking the freaking Bears in this one. Let's Will. go. And and until the Packers receivers show me something, then I'm I you know I just I just don't have that same confidence that the Packers are gonna go out here and just throw all over the Bears. It's just it's not what I'm thinking is going to happen in this one. Factor in the weather as well. But you talked about it. This offensive line for the Packers it kind of in shambles at this point. We don't know who's going to be starting on Sunday Night Football. But I think when it comes down to this Bears, what they want to do. Rush four, drop back seven. That's exactly what Minnesota did in terms of disrupting things. And yes, of course, I do. are the Packers going to have as bad of a performance as they did in week one? Probably not. They're probably not. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to get better. But in this one, there is no Devontae Adams. There isn't that guy that they can make that halftime adjustment like they did in the last meeting in Lambeau and put him in a slot so Jalen Johnson can't be on him. You can't do that because there is no Devontae Adams on this team. The best guy they're going to have is an Alan Lazard, who's expected to play. He didn't play in week one. But I like my chance with Jalen Johnson being there. So I'm taking this Bears, this secondary, this pass rush, even against the great Aaron Rodgers and what he's always done against the Bears. But right now, at, at this point, week two, taking the Bears here, Will. I mean, the fact that I don't, really think they have a lot of chemistry between these rookie receivers, Rogers, these veterans weren't able to do much last week. It just seems like a good time to get green Bay this year. Like get one nice and early while yeah. they're still trying to figure some things out. Uh, Cause we've seen it in the past, these slow starts from the Packers and they really start playing their best ball later in the year. And this is a prime opportunity for the bears to seize. And we'll give our game picks here in just a little bit. I did see a comment from Todd father 42, uh, mentioning that he saw Morrow make you know all the defensive calls, put people in the position. You're 100% correct. He was able to do that, and he did that well. All I'm saying is that there were a few plays that went to the outside where I would want him to get there a little bit quicker and get at the ball carrier. He was like 
he should have been the first one there, but he's like the second or third and having to get like try to help and get in the tackle from behind. I just want to see him float the ball uh, just a, a little bit faster. Uh, that's that's what I wanted to make sure I was expressing clearly. All right. So typically we have over unders, but there were no money. There were no game lines and props for us to do. Uh, so we're going to skip that this week. Hopefully those will be in on time for us next week because I love doing those. Uh, but now it leads us to our MVB, our most valuable bear predictions, Nick. And uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. I'm taking Roquan Smith as the MVB in this one. Well, we talked about how important it's going to be for these linebackers to contain these these Packers running backs. Roquan Smith's going to be a huge part of that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers spoke, I think, yesterday to the media, and he was asked about Roquan Smith. He's like, he respects the hell out of Roquan Smith. He also said he wouldn't have minded if he got traded out of the division. That's how much he respects him and what his game, what he could do on the football field. So he sees Roquan Smith as a, you know, a elite competitor. And I think in this one, he was also, like I said earlier in the show, on Monday he said he wanted to see, he wanted to showcase the the entire defense's speed. I think you're going to have a better chance of doing that on Sunday night. The field conditions are not going to be as bad as it was at Soldier Field. But MVB going Roquan Smith. Well, spoiler, we have the same guy. And I don't know how this even happened. I saw you put in your request after mine. And I just don't think you saw mine, which is cool. I did. Uh, but I had Ro- it's okay because it's valid because we both came there independently but i think it's roquan smith too you hit on a lot of good points again 33 percent of those passes went to running backs he's going to be actively involved in corralling those guys he needs to help clean up get involved in all these plays underneath uh, 19 passes traveled what five yards or less is that the number i said it was something mm-hmm. around those lines so he's going to be someone at that will linebacker position who's supposed to flow that ball see ball get ball and he's going to just have to be what i put in my notes I, I had a great analogy i want him to be a vacuum out there as soon as anything's out there, just go ahead and suck it up. Like, knock them out. Let's go. So, see ball, get ball. Uh, he remember that one play that we saw him last week from the box when he got in in that tackle, and it was like two or three guys on the ball carrier, and he just comes in like, ah, like flying, <laughs> <laughs> like kind of like a Dick Buckus, like flying in dog mm-hmm. pile. That was fun. I, I want to see more of that. A Roquan Smith, uh, Tunyon tends to get some good plays against the Bears. So if he ends up getting some mm-hmm. of these tight end matchups, although I think Jaquan Brisker can handle that one pretty well too. Uh, he There's just so much that Roquan is going to impact, uh, but if he can keep everything in front of him, fly sideline to sideline, limit the plays after the catch and maybe get some tackles for a loss, man. And we I even talked about like stopping the run in general. Like he is going to be pivotal and a big reason why he should be the most valuable bear at the end of the day I saw from uh, J.R. Mayberry. He thought that he believes that the entire rookie class is going to be the MVP. And I love that because you're right. All these young players stepping up. That's a great way to like think about it. And I, and I love it. Clumping them all together for an MVP. You may be right because those young guys are proving to be pivotal. And even some of the players you wouldn't expect like Dominique Robinson. Good stuff there. All right. Ready to figure out who wins and at least predict who wins? Uh, I'll go first if you want me to. Do it well. Do it. All right. So I gave the Packers the edge and everything that I had here today. However, however, I'm going to give the Bears a victory here for week two by the slightest of margins, 17 to 14. And those two touchdowns do happen uh, after turnovers. I think this Bears team embodying the hits principle is going to allow them to be in every matchup. I, I really, really do. And what I saw at a Green Bay uh, against the Vikings, it just gives me hope uh, that they can struggle 
uh, yet again, and that this is a Bears team that will capitalize on an opponent's struggles and make sure that they don't beat themselves. Uh, we haven't even talked about penalties and the lack of penalties and the discipline that this team plays with too, and the intensity and the focus. And I, th- and what is it? The stat that like, I forgot how many coaches it goes back to, but every time a first year head coach plays the Packers, like the bears end up winning. Uh, so that if you're looking at like historical context, that's another reason too. But uh, I just think that this bears team is going to go into Lambeau focused, uh, shut out the noise, focus at the task at hand, play hard, play smart, get those turnovers, take care of the football. And if they can just do those things. It should all fall into place. And it's not going to be easy because we know who Aaron Rodgers is to this bears franchise. And I'm ready for him to just not own this team anymore. So I'm trying not to be afraid of the Packers anymore as much as it's difficult because you get a lot of that anxiety when you see Green Bay up on the schedule because you know how these games typically go. But I'm trying to totally buy into what's coming, like being built here in Chicago and that it's time for the tides to shift. And if last week is any indication of what Green Bay is currently about, this is a perfect opportunity for the Bears to go and seize. I like that a lot, Will. And for me, I'm going with the Bears as well. I have them winning 23-20, to 20, Will, and I think it matters when you face the opponent. Brad Bakes was talking on the radio today just listening to 670. It's like when, it, when you face some of these opponents. And I, I agree with that. Right now, the Packers, they have a lot of things that they need to fix from their week one loss. The Bears obviously have some things they have to work on too, but I just look at what the Packers are dealing with at this moment in time and what the Bears can bring to the table, and I get it. Like Rodgers versus the Bears on Sunday Night Football, well, 23 touchdowns, zero interceptions in six games. I understand that they they have kicked, they have whooped the Bears' ass in terms of prime time, and he has been a big part of that. But it's it's week two. They still don't know who they're throwing the ball to in terms of receivers. And I just think that Justin Fields can make some plays. It maybe it is in a downpour that maybe are going to be just at the right place, right time, like they were in the second half against San Francisco. So 23-20, going with the Bears. I know history doesn't kind of indicate that that will happen, but you listen to Matt Eberflus, doesn't really care about that. Doesn't go back to the history of this rivalry. It's it's about, as he says, us, the Bears currently. We're taking that approach, and, you know, you had the metaphor with the rain. It's time to kind of change things. Why not do it in week two against the Packers, who, like I said, have a lot of things to fix right now. So 23-20, Bears. A lot of things to fix. Key injuries. It's just really up to the Bears if they can take control and there's an opportunity for them to do it. And I think that's big because there's a lot of games you go in and you look at this team, uh, this Packers team, and they're firing in all cylinders. Like, how are we going to stop Aaron Rodgers? He's playing whites out. Oh, their running games are also really up there. Their defense is just shutting down opponents. Like, those give you a little hope. But after last week, and again, it's only week one, and I know they lost week one last year horrendously and they bounce back. So that's something to keep in mind, but it does give you at least ways to look at this game uh, with some, you know, maybe rosy colored glasses. You drink a little bears Kool-Aid. It's a good time. And, and you have to take those when you get them. But Nick, we both have the bears winning uh, by three points. You just have a little bit more points being scored in this game than I do. Uh, let's get into our confidence meters, which, you know, we both have them winning. So it has to be over five. 
How far are we over the meter? Uh, I'm at a 5.4, and we have Will G up there with you today here, Nick. <laughs> Happy birthday to Will G, who was, uh, his birthday That's... was yesterday. Oh, there we go. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We're getting him some uh, some Bulls crossover here, love. But yeah, happy birthday to Will G over here at CHGO. But just like Will G, I'm also at a 5.4 uh, heading into this game. Uh, just a little over the cusp again, like, I can't sit here and say it's going to be the Bears who whoop the Packers ass. Like, it's, I don't think that's going to be how this goes. It's going to be a hard-fought game. And if the Bears win, it's going to be a lot like what we saw in the 49ers game where you take a few punches, you get jabbed, and it's how you respond to those punches and respond to those jabs, and you don't get knocked down, you don't get knocked out, and you keep fighting and you make the adjustments. So that's what it comes down to. But at the same time, like, I – can't go full Eberflus and not think about this history in this rivalry. And I know that's just my slightly different perspective because I've been in it my entire lifetime. Uh, so it that does taper my confidence, but I think 5.4 all things considered is okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, as you saw in the graphic, I'm going with the six again. I just, there's so many things to not like about that week one performance, but you brought up the last year that the Packers look like crap against the Saints last year, had a rebound game against the Detroit Lions. I bet you're thinking the exact same thing. Here's our rebound game against the Chicago Bears, who had a surprising victory over the 49ers because of the weather. I would, maybe that's a mindset, but it just seems like things are a little different. And maybe Aaron Rodgers goes out on Sunday Night Football and does exactly what he's always done and then makes us look, you know, makes me look stupid. But I need to see it. I really need to see this happen. I need to see those wide receivers make plays. And again, I've, I've, we've been around this Bears team. We know what they're about. I still don't know what the Packers are, are about at this point. So going with the six. Uh, and obviously, I hope we're both right here, Will. And we can talk about a week two victory over the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. Oh, man. The, I know we were hyped last week. But damn, that would take it to a completely <laughs> different level. Heading into Lovey Smith's return, it would just be awesome. And this is Lovey Smith, who likes to apparently play for a tie in 2022. I don't know if you saw that. I did. And that, you yeah, know, nope, don't like that. Don't like <laughs> it's that like, yeah, we're just going to punt <laughs> the ball. Like, what in the world? Like, Lovey, no. All right. Uh, we're in our final segment. Let's get to some questions and then we'll kind of wrap this thing up. What do we got? Questions. Which wide receiver group has more to prove, Bears or Packers? Green Bay, right? Oh, yeah, Green Bay. I think there's just, again, when your first play from scrimmage for Christian Watson's a drop 60-yard touchdown, you need to prove that you could catch the ball. So, uh, yeah, definitely the Packers. I understand where this is coming from, though, because the Bears wide receivers in general didn't have a lot of production. And, again, we you got to keep the weather as a huge point, like – I was re-watching the game, and the broadcast does not do it justice of like how hard and how much rain was out there on Sunday. But for the Bears receivers, Pettis, Pringle, EQ, when it mattered, they stood up, and I think that was proving of itself. So that's why I'm going to go with Green Bay, too. Is Cole Komet going to score his first touchdown this week, Nick? Uh, I hope so. He he dropped one in the last time they were at Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football. It was a low ball. He didn't come down with it, but this would be a great opportunity for him to you know capitalize on the moment if he gets that. And he 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 talked about the rivalry. Well, he knows it's a big deal. He grew up a Bears fan, so it would mean a lot for him and this Bears team if he were to score get into the end zone this week. 
Now, uh, you can throw another question out there. I was getting one second. Uh, but J.R. Mayberry, yet again in the chat, is just making me reminisce about my life. Because he said, no one ever expected Rex Grossman to go 9-0 that year. And you're damn right. And I remember watching that team at training camp, and I was 12, 13-ish years old, middle school, eighth grade. I forget the exact age. But watched them in training camp, watched all those preseason games, and I was buying into the hype. And I thought this team, with that underdog mentality, was going to surprise people. And then they won, and then they won, and then they won. And then you got to like week six when finally the national media caught up and like, shit is this bears team for real and i'm just saying they sneak one year against green bay the texans are a team they should be able to beat you start getting some momentum things can happen so i just that just took me like really far back for a trip and uh, i appreciate that jr uh eli asks who has a better game justin fields or aaron Rodgers? boy that is a loaded question because i want to say fields and i think it could happen it's just difficult to say like like with full on like certainty like that's going to happen. Yeah, for me too. I, I it's it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I told you the stat how many touchdowns he's thrown against the Bears in Sunday Night Football. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait till Sunday. Very coach speak. You have to just see when the game plays. <laughs> there you go, getting the coach speak. Luke Getzi. Hopefully, he has some things he's never told Green Bay up his sleeve this week and uh, can really show him what uh creativity he has that they weren't able to tap into uh, throughout his stint up there uh we have another question how many receiving yards for mooney this week i'm gonna say 65 eight. what'd you get 60 uh i was gonna say more than eight but you have 65 i'll just say 69 nice next <laughs> doug asks do you guys think that once healthy davis jones will be an upgrade to the current wide receiver three dante pettis <laughs> Man, I, and the thing is, like, you're making me really think because I love both these players. Uh, I've been very high on both these players throughout the entire offseason. They're just, they're very similar, too, uh, in terms of, like, how they played this game and how, how they, what they can do after the catch. Will they be an upgrade? I think they can complement one another and make the Spirits offense better because this receiving quarter will be deeper. And you can have them both on the field and really stress defenses. That upgrades the room. I don't know right now if he's an upgrade over Pettis. Pettis is a really good receiver. He just had a lot of bad luck in his career. That's kind of derailed it. And I do believe he has a lot of talent. Man, that's a good question. But I, that's how I'm going to answer it, Nick. I, I beat it around the bush a bit. What's your thoughts? That's what I did to the last question. Um, but once healthy, Bayless Jones Jr. has a different skill set than a Dante Pettis. Like he's even when he's healthy, he's not going to be a better route runner than Dante Pettis is right now. Like Dante Pettis is a good ass route runner. So uh it's 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 how you see the wide receiver being used in the offense and what the vision is from Luke Getze for this particular player. So um to beat around the bush, I don't know. That's the thing. Because like you said, Pettis is like a almost a world class. I'm gonna say he's a very, very good route runner. And Valus Jones that's one area of his game that he does need to work on is, is mm -hmm. working on that route tree and the nuances running routes in the NFL. And he hasn't really done it in a game. And in the preseason, he didn't have a lot of time yet. So I do think there may be a slight learning curve once he's out there on Sundays. So maybe not right away, but obviously the potential is there. All right. Julius asks, is there a benefit of having Getsy's inside ahead of the game? Yes. Uh, how to play Rogers, et cetera. Yes. Uh, he's been around the man you better believe the bears are picking his brain. I love the question. I think that one's an obvious, clear resounding. Yes. For me, do you follow that sentiment, Nick? 
Yeah, I think even Matt Eberflew said we're going to lean on Getsy's insight. Uh, and his press conference was that Wednesday or Monday. I forget which one it was, but, you know, he specifically said that. And you should use that resource. A lot of what you're seeing Justin Fields did or doing in terms of putting the one foot forward, the other foot back, and the offense, how it's schemed up, it comes from Green Bay and what Aaron Rodgers is currently doing. So, yeah, you're going to lean on these things, see what their tendencies are, and go into your defensive room like, this is what we talked about, this is how they might attack us. I'm sure they're doing that as we speak and are going to implement that on Sunday night. Love all these questions coming on in. Aaron asks, who is the top receiving option on the Packers that the Bears need to watch out for? Randall Cobb, question mark? Dobbs, question mark? Tanyan, Robert Tanyan. I mean, Tanyan mm. could be like that, the guy over the middle. Like, he made a couple plays against Minnesota. It's going to, again, you talked about the linebackers being able to cover him or even Jaquan Brister. Like, yeah, I think that's going to be a guy that Aaron Rodgers is going to want to try to win some of those matchups. But, yeah, I think Lazard, Tanyan are like, and obviously the backs. The backs in the backfield are, you know, big. That's a big one. They didn't have Lazard last week, didn't they? They did not have Lazard, and their leading receiver was AJ Dillon. Right. No. Oh, yeah. No. The running backs were like, like we said, like throughout this episode, they've been the focal point. But Lazard coming mm-hmm. back now that that jogged that in my memory, I didn't even put it in my notes. I thought I'd remember it, and then I didn't bring it up once. That is someone, some an extra thing to consider about what could help oh, yeah. this Packers be better in week two than they were in week one. Because Lazard, when you look at the entire group, is definitely the one that you think Rodgers trust the most of course Cobb and him have a lot of that history but Lazard at this stage of his career is a better receiving option than Cobb good question Devin asks where can I get that shirt Nick easy question Nick take it away so good get on your laptop Devin just go to allchshow.com there's a merch section there and then you can check out all the great shirts we have there this one's on there if you want to throw in you know a couple of the other bear shirts we have or any other teams that we have here at CHGO Feel free to do so. I mean, obviously it looks great. It's going to look great on YouTube, but just allchshow.com. Go check it out. Marco asks, what do you guys think about Santos missing an extra five points? The weather shouldn't be 100% an excuse. That's fair. I think he needs to work on that. I, I think you have to take everybody into the equation here, whether it be scales. And then of course you have Gil holding and then Santos, mm-hmm. like all three of these guys operate as one. Uh, so I think they all need to figure out what that is. If it is more than just weather, what is it? I know Gil being a rookie, like this is something he has to continue to work on. But what we heard in training camp was like, he's been great uh, with it. Uh, again, maybe that's a teammate protecting another and, you know, pumping him up a bit and not trying to throw him under the bus in a, you know, to the media, but you're right. Like it does need to be cleaned up and, uh, obviously what I think about it is bad <laughs> and you can lose games this way. And, Santos with his, you know, contract here in Chicago that he has now, like he does need to produce and be a very sound and reliable kicker. And I mean, look at the Colts, like they moved on from their kicker right away uh, mm-hmm. after a horrendous outing. So you you have to be in your A game here in the NFL kicking and Santos is no exception. Yeah. And then look, the conditions are not going to be the best in Green Bay this Sunday night. So I hope San- Santos, that whole entire special teams unit has learned from, you know, obviously week one versus San Francisco, but we need to see it. And obviously we've seen it consistently, right? When he was making field goals, not missing anything, but obviously didn't start off the way he wanted to. So we do need to see him bounce back here. Daniel asks, are we regretting the loss of Thomas Graham Jr.? We gave him up to Cleveland. Uh, I mean, he got poached from the I practice talked, squad. 
but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I talked to Thomas Graham. Um, you know, after he came back to the active roster, I'm like, how does it feel to be back? He's like, it's good. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's ultimately like I have bigger goals. He wants to be a he wants to be a starter in this league. He wants to get that opportunity, and you know, with Kyler Gordon, you're at a lots of secondary with this rookie class, so probably just felt like it's 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 going to be a better opportunity for him in Cleveland to maybe get into the field a little sooner than it would be in Chicago. But sounded like the Bears really liked him, and obviously, if he didn't get that hamstring injury, he probably would still be with the Bears. It's unfortunate sometimes how things kind of shake out it really is he's someone that i've been obviously we've talked about in the show a lot excited about happy to be here but yeah it sucks uh what's the weather supposed to be like it's iffy right now uh scattered thunderstorms Ooh. is what i see yep. for sunday night in green bay last i checked this mm-hmm. morning uh i still buy tickets wear a poncho it's fine you only live once it's Still not support gonna be the Bears. yeah it's not gonna be what was in week one <laughs> You know, Bears, San Francisco, so it's not going to be too bad. And, and watching a game at Lambeau is special. I, I've done it. I know, Nikki, you've been there. It's a really special place to watch football. You know, yeah. it's like the Wrigley of the NFL. Definitely go check it out. Like, I would not let scattered storms, you know, deter you one bit. Uh, Cole asked, what do we think about Amir uh, playing? Hmm. I'd like to see it. <laughs> I know, and right? He's, you know, he's getting more used to the offense, getting more of the playbook down. And I think once the coaching staff feels like, He's ready for that. You'll see him out there because this is a collective effort from the wide receivers, not just one guy they're going to. Darnell Moon will probably be the leading guy at the end when it's all said and done, but get everybody involved at some point. All right. Do we have any others? Is that it? I think, I think we, so. we are. Appreciate all the questions, though. That was awesome. Yeah. Whew. I guess it was like rapid fire at the end. If we can do this every Thursday afternoon, man, would this just be a lot of fun? Definitely. Let's keep this rolling. That was a really good time. Nick, any final thoughts? And we'll wrap this thing up. I'm ready for Sunday night, Will. Like, obviously, we're talking about it. We have the Bears winning. Come on. Let's let's see it happen. Let's see it happen on Sunday night. That would be a nice way to start this 2022 season, right? I mean, seeing the Bears pull off two victories over the top teams in the NFC, let's make it happen. Let's go, Nick. The fact I, I love when you get on the optimistic side. I know you try to be the realist, but if they give you reasons to be optimistic, to me, I feel like because I'm always, you know, Mr. Half Glass Full Guy, I've been that way for years. But when you get happy and optimistic, that just takes my level up by 10 notches because I know something real and tangible must be behind it. So that gets me super excited. And just like you, Sunday night, can't get here soon enough. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you again. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nicholas Moriano. You can find me at Will DeWitt. My L's are ones. I'm almost to 5,000 followers, which is my goal before my birthday in November that I set for myself way back in March. Uh, So I'm almost there. Help me out if you can uh, like this video. If you haven't yet, please smash the button. 300 people here right now. By the time I log off, go back to the video, I want to see at least 200 likes on this video. Hope you enjoyed all this content. Stick around to the channel for more Bears stuff throughout the weekend. And, of course, our post-game show on Sunday night. And, well, I'll see you then. But until then, bear down, Chicago.